Ah, so this is what it's like to be at the top of the division. Remember what it's like, Matthew? No, because, well, I mean, technically we were, we were born for the Leafs. We were alive for the Leafs' last uh, divisional championship, uh, but, uh, yeah, we were, like, what, like three years old? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have zero recollection of that season, the last time the Leafs won a division title. Uh, so when they won a division title, I was like, how do I react? What yeah. do I do? I think I was two and you were three, and now it's just, like, waited our whole life for this. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's kind of like when your team wins the president's trophy for the first time. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool, but it kind of doesn't really mean anything because everybody knows what the real uh, prize is. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be great, and the playoffs are just around the corner for both basketball and hockey. So we'll get into that this uh, week on the podcast for sure. Um, but yeah, how about you do the intro this 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 week? Yeah, it's been it's been a while since I've introduced the podcast. <laughs> uh, like, actually introduced it like word for word. If you guys don't know what you're listening to, uh, obviously the title says it all. But we are called the Behind the Net Podcast, where we talk all things Toronto sports and whatever interests us around uh, the major sports leagues across North America. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michael, and join with me is my other co-host, Matthew. Wow, dude, it's so good that he uh, he left the building. <laughs> Wait, wait, I'm here, I'm here. Oh, man, sorry. <laughs> I don't know, we've this been having... This is what happens, yeah. we've been having some technical difficulties. My microphone, especially. You know, even though it's always an adventure, I just we hope you guys enjoy the, the, the finished product uh, with these things, because <laughs> we put a lot of work into this. And, of course, Siri makes a special appearance <laughs> on the podcast. Oh, man, we today's just not our day in terms of technology. Um, But... <laughs> Anyways, like Michael was saying, I was I, I was saying like I'm here when, you, <laughs> I'm here. I'm I'm the other co-host Matthew, and uh, my mic wasn't working when uh, Michael shouted me out. But yeah, this is episode what sixty eight or episode eighteen of our second season, I believe. So that's a lot yeah. of episodes. <laughs> Props to us. It is. We're we're getting closer to the century mark. It's, it's still still doesn't feel real yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. And like you said, uh, we, we talk about sports and uh, other things that interest us, uh, video games. We've been talking about that a lot. Um, I mean, <laughs> we've been talking about your PlayStation 5 the last few weeks. Uh, how have you been liking that? I know we didn't get to play this last week because we couldn't find time that matched our schedules. But uh, how have you been liking it so far? Really haven't uh, enjoyed it, man. I can't sp- stress enough how my, how fun it's been. As somebody who's been uh, an Xbox main for the last few years, it's uh, it's been it's been a breath of fresh air changing consoles for once. And uh, yeah, a lot of great games I've been playing. Uh, it's only we're only just getting started. You join the good guys. You join the good guys now. <laughs> um, there you go. But yeah, I mean, usually we talk about video games. Uh, anything else interesting happening, man? Like anything going on? It's been. I mean, I the weather's uh, yeah, it's been outside. Oh yeah, it's been great out there, but I've been working the whole time. But in my downtime, uh, I've been uh, fine. I can officially say that I've seen every single MCU movie at least once. So there there's that. That's great. Took it took me way too long, but uh, hey, better late than never. I mean, yeah, and uh, hey, I mean, I I need to get on that still. I've been pretty busy, but it, lockdown has just been extended by two weeks, so there's some more extra time <laughs> for me. Or to catch up on any shows or movies, really. We have uh, an extra two weeks here in Ontario to do that. 
Yeah. And we're getting closer to uh, normalcy. Uh, I, I know Matthew recently got vaccinated. And uh, actually, just the other day, I got vaccinated. Let's too, go. So. Let's go. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, if, you, if you guys can find a way to get vaccinated, definitely do that. And uh, if you can't, just stay patient. You're going to get it. For sure. If you if you can get vaccinated, go out and get vaccinated. 100%. Um, but yeah, how about we head into some sports now? Let's. Uh, we're going to keep this episode... Pretty brief, pretty, uh, you know, to the point. Uh, we we hope to have a lot, go a lot more in depth into the things we talk about um, next week, most likely. Um, but this week, we want to update everyone on the news of the week and uh, kind of give our thoughts on it. And obviously, the the biggest thing I think this week that we'll start off with is uh, hockey. Um, the NHL season is wrapping up. The playoffs are literally just around the corner. Like this weekend, it starts. Uh, Washington, uh, Boston starts Saturday. We are recording this on Thursday, so that's in two days. And uh, obviously we're focused on the Leafs here in this uh, podcast. And the first round is set for them. I mean, first, Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about they won the division as we brought up and off the top of the podcast. The Leafs won their division. And like we said, um, really, this is yours and mine, our uh, first time experiencing it, I guess, uh, properly because like i said we were like what two and three when it when it happened in 2000 yeah no it was uh i was barely remember anything from then all i know is like there was the, that leafs team i think made to the second round and uh that's about it but no i I, just, I legit do not remember that division title or anything that's happened since and and just think of it this way the fact that this is only their second division title since what the 60s or maybe even the, the 30s, 30s 30s like it's crazy it's I, crazy I, remember I, I checked this last week when when we were doing the pod yeah like i i don't know how you can uh <laughs> i mean it, it kind of puts into question why you're even a fan of a team that's never really had much regular <laughs> season success for like god knows how long those are the questions leafs fans ask every day <laughs> Uh, but, um, yeah, they picked up a division title now, um, and they won the North division. Um, say what you will about it being, you know, a different division or whatnot with the weird season we've had, but it doesn't matter because the Leafs won their division. And so they have claimed the throne as the best Canadian team this, this season. So, I mean, that's always something to brag about, but, um, I think the main thing here is what they can do in the playoffs. And we've said that all season long. All that matters is winning in the playoffs. And their first round matchup is set against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and I think, again, another one. I, I believe, uh, like, this has been the biggest rivalry in all of hockey. We all know that. And as mm-hmm. a Leafs fan growing up, uh, for both of us, and pretty much all Leafs fans could know that, like, this is the playoff matchup that you've kind of waited your whole life for. And it, isn't it pretty crazy to... Uh, you know, the, to, to think that the last time they met up in the playoffs was, what, 42 years ago, I believe? Yeah, 1979 was the last time these two teams met, and it was a sweep by the Canadians, and all Montreal probably remembers from that is that it was a footnote towards uh, another Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, it is mainly because the Leafs played in the uh, Western Conference uh, up until, I believe, 98, I think it was. Um, somewhere around there, the late '90s. So, um, between that, that then and and '98, like 
the Leafs wouldn't have met up with the Habs unless it was in the finals. And we were close to seeing that in 93, but it didn't happen. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, either way, I'm just saying, like, it, it's pretty crazy to think that, like, this is the biggest, arguably the biggest uh, rivalry in, in hockey. And, you know, it's it's taken this long to finally be able to see it again. And it's taken a pandemic season to kind of bring it, bring it forth. I mean, it could have happened in 1993. We could have been saying this for the first time since 1993, but obviously some Leaf fans have some choice words about how they feel about that. But yeah, I, I want to throw, I, I know we're not going to throw some crazy stats to you guys, more in-depth analysis of this series, but there's just something that com- that just uh, dawned on me through research. So the last, they're the last three series between the Leafs and Canadians are from, obviously the last one was 1979. But there's two others. When do you think those other two series were? Um, before 1979? Like, I yeah, don't know. I'm guessing like a long time ago, like the 50s, the 40s. I don't know. Okay, so one of them was the year before, 1978. And the other one was 1967. Okay, and here's something uh, that that's that you might find crazy. So the Leafs have actually lost eight straight games to the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs. The last time they beat Montreal in a playoff game was, I think you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, night the the game that they won the 1967 Stanley Cup. I mean. Hey, it's a new it's a new generation. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So yeah, just throwing it out there. If uh, if the Leafs uh, win a game against the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs this year, you're gonna hear that stat thrown around. You're like, wait, what? But, um, I was gonna say like, uh, either way, I think I was gonna say I think the Leafs fans. I mean, we're gonna go in depth about this a little more. But on paper, of course, it looks like the Leafs are the better team this year. Um, but you know, I'm pretty sure all Leafs Nation have that little doubt, that little fear of a first round exit that they've felt looms on top of this Leafs team, don't you think? Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's if there's anything that Leaf fans know full well, it's that uh, how it's that there's that little seed of doubt in your head where you're wondering how are they going to screw this up. <laughs> oh, yeah. But but li- listen, I I'll say this. I'm going to keep my expectations low until they prove that they can win a playoff round. Because right now, I think most Fee fans know that, yes, a lot of them want to see them uh, make it to the third round because that's a that seems very feasible. But let's get out of the first round first, then we'll talk <laughs> about uh, the conference finals. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're going to have some, likely some uh, in-depth analysis on this uh um, like a preview episode next week on this uh, series. So we're not going to go too in-depth this week, but just looking at the two teams, I mean, like I said, on paper, it looks like the Leafs have the Habs beat in so many ways, but the Habs, like, we can't count them out. They are looking like still a good team. Um, their injuries, um, they I, I believe they expect that their injured Habs uh, will return for the playoffs and obviously mainly carry Price who uh, we know, you know, he might have had an up and down season this season, but when it comes to the playoffs, he's, you know, he can he can steal games for the Habs. Um, 
and that's going to be really scary if uh, for the Leafs. And obviously the Leafs are kind of going in with a goaltending situation that they haven't had before, um, rolling with a new goaltender, Jack Campbell, because he's had a hot season. Um, and Freddie Anderson is likely just going to serve as the backup, as we've spoken about on this podcast numerous times. Going with Campbell is a smart decision. Um, I just want to know what are your thoughts on the matchup, um, both in net and just overall. Well, I think for for first of all, I think Leaf fans need to stop uh, wondering if Freddie's going to even get the net for the playoffs because it's pretty clear to me that uh, it's Jack Campbell's net all the way. Now, on paper. Carey Price is by far the better goalie, and it seems like he's going to get the net for Game 1 of the playoffs because he has been on the sidelines for the last couple of weeks. He's going to get an additional week of rest, and all signs point to him uh, coming back for the playoffs. Um, I think it's definitely going to be a good matchup of goalies. I don't think we're going to get to see the same Carey Price that we would have saw in, uh, when he was at his peak. So this was around, I say, 2014 to 20, uh, maybe 17. I don't know when you would say Carey Price peaks is ended because I know it's definitely in uh, he's in the the decline years of his career. He's, but he's, he's still declining, a good but he's still like I said, he's still a great goalie. And the the thing about him is he can get hot like that. You know, that's that's the scary part is that he can steal games, and that's why you can't just count him out ever. Absolutely, and that's the same thing you can say about the Montreal Canadiens as a whole. But in, in terms of uh, this particular matchup, I think the Leafs know that uh, Carey Price is always going to be a challenge. They know that uh, Carey Price can turn it on when he has to. And uh, you you just, you just have to keep playing the way you've had against him all season long. And that's just uh, keep applying the pressure. And I think that just goes for Jack Campbell. The Leafs know that they can uh, trust Jack Campbell to keep them uh, in games. Even when he's not fully at his best, he can they can still count on him to make the key stops. And as long as he can stay healthy, I think this is going to be a good goalie matchup. Now, I don't know if this is going to go the distance, but I think it wouldn't be surprising to me if this requires a sixth game. Yeah, I was going to say, if we're, think- if we're coming up with predictions, um, or like early predictions, it really, <laughs> I, I like on paper, you would say, you know, easy win for Toronto. But again, we know Toronto has their, um, their gripes with the playoffs. They have their challenges and I feel like it's a good matchup still. So, yeah, I could say it'll go to maybe possibly we could say Leafs in six, I would say. Um, who knows? You know, we say that and sometimes it can go to seven. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's just what's going to make the playoffs fun. You never know what you're going to expect. Just because on paper it looks like it's a, a clear advantage for one team and it's going to be a quick and easy series, it doesn't always turn out that way. Like, look at Tampa Bay a couple years ago when they won the president's trophy and they're coming up against a Columbus team that no one expected to do anything. And yet Columbus swept them like the playoffs is what that's what makes the playoffs so entertaining. Cause you never know what's going to happen. And just because you think it's going to be one way, that doesn't exactly mean that's going to be the case in reality. Yeah. So I'm just looking forward to it. Exactly. And I think that the Habs for a lot of the last few years, they've been riding this identity of being the underdogs and they've been doing it successfully um, making the playoffs when you know um, they've been counted out early in the season um, making moves they've been getting better and uh, they have some experience there and I mean Toronto of course they've uh, they're a confident team that just had a very very strong season but they have trouble in the playoffs so it's, it's I think it's also going to be interesting to see how um, that plays out because like 
Montreal is coming in as kind of the underdog of the series, and they play that role very well. So it's like what happened with the Columbus and Tampa series. Uh, you know, you never know what could happen, and you never know. Montreal, I'm just, I'm just saying, like Montreal could come out swinging. Absolutely, yeah. At the end of the day, that's that's what that's what makes the playoffs exciting. Like I was saying, uh, Montreal is nef- not definitely not going to make it easy for the Leafs. It's going to be a challenge, uh, and that's what the games have been like all season. I mean, obviously, there was uh, one of the recent games where the Leafs just steamrolled a team that was on the second half of a back-to-back and traveled to Toronto. So, yeah, no, I think it's going to be very evenly matched. The only thing I think that's going to be intriguing for me is what happens on that fourth game. Because, believe it or not, there is a back-to-back for for games three and four. So, I I guess, really, the question we could just go over quickly, do, do you play Jack Campbell? both game three and four or do you play freddie i mean since we're bringing this question up now um i don't know i think you go with freddie only because he's gonna be out of practice a little it's gonna be a little rusty but obviously it's gonna be really tough in a back-to-back to roll with campbell unless he's really hot um but i think this is the luxury of having like let's not completely count freddie out he is a a top goalie in the league just had a pretty shaky year this season um but this is the luxury of having a literal starter as your backup right and this would technically make the tandem the best um goalie tandem that the Leafs have had in a long time having two starters like that um it's just that you know I guess right now Freddie's um I guess performance level is questionable but I'd say when it comes to back to back, I think you you go with him and, and hope for the best. Hope he shows up. Absolutely, yeah. I think that'd be the best case scenario. You just, I think in that scenario, it's, since it's something so unique, I I think you it's okay to to, to play Freddie that night. Yeah, let's not act like he's a terrible goalie. He's a he's literally one of the best goalies. He's just had a I don't want to say like a down year. It is a down year, but it's almost just been an unpredictable year for him. And like I said, his starts are just exactly that unpredictable. And uh, he can come out like you got to hope that he comes out as the star goalie that he is. Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, when this the playoffs, you ride the hot hand. Mm-hmm. And this is no disrespect to Freddie. Right now, play your hot, your play the best goalie. And right now, the best goalie is Jack Campbell. There's there should be no debates over it. Mm-hmm. I want to end. Uh, we'll end the Leafs talk uh with one more question since we're going off freddie um actually i'll ask another question but we'll end off the goaltenders talk um with freddie what do you think is going to happen to freddie though um no matter what happens in the playoffs season's end he becomes a free agent he's he is a free agent at the end of the season what do you think is the best move and what what do you think at this point is the likely decision i think freddie is gone for sure um jack campbell is under contract for another season um i don't know if they protect david riddick i don't think he gets taken by seattle but i wouldn't be surprised if he does um yeah you just i think you have to ride uh jack campbell as your starter for next season and then the backup you can decide uh in the off season depending on what happens with the expansion draft of course there could be a scenario where joseph wall is the backup next season which yeah. I think would be intriguing to me because I think there's a lot to like for J- Joseph Wall's game. Yeah, I mean, Jack Campbell has a lot of potential to be a, a, a very solid starter for the Leafs moving forward. 
obviously it's still a risk. You have Freddie, who was a, a star goaltender and has proven that, but has had a down year and is likely, the thing is, he's likely going to be able to demand a lot of money in the market, if not from the least, from another team. And that's when you're, I guess the, the real decision comes down to, can you afford him or is it worth affording him when you could see either he's declining or it's kind of a wild card signing at this point, right? So I think you go with Campbell and Freddie is going to walk. Yeah, exactly. That's the easiest solution here for the Leafs. Um, they don't have to overcomplicate things. As much as some of the players like uh, uh, Freddie, I think the best course of action is to let him go. Um, the money would be better allocated elsewhere anyway. And I think Jack Campbell is uh, legitimately um, going to be part of this team for a long time. Mm-hmm. So why not uh, prepare for a possible pay increase uh, by the summer of 2022, or even possibly this summer when the season's over? Because I had imagine if the Leafs like Jack Campbell as much as the players say they do, they'd probably want to get a head start on the contract talks in the offseason and try and get Jack Campbell to a new deal ASAP. Mm-hmm. So if if you let Freddie walk, it gives you that opportunity to decide uh, what what amount of money would be good for uh, Campbell. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Um, and then my last question, I guess, for the Leafs is like, who do you think? I mean, obviously we know Matthews, Marner, Tavares will be big factors in this uh, upcoming series. But who do you think will be the biggest? The biggest star, the, 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 the biggest, biggest X the factor, the biggest X factor going into this uh, series for the Leafs? That's a great question. I think uh, I'm going to say it's two answers. Uh, The Matthews line and TJ Brody. Now, this kind of a little bit of a cop-out because I obviously you know that the Matthews line can can be game changers and you always expect them to be the biggest difference makers. But I think TJ Brody is probably the biggest one for me if if I'm going to have to pick one. Only because his defense has been astronomical in terms of its importance to the team's success. Like, I don't think Leaf fans have seen a defenseman quite like TJ Brody in some time. And the way that he's conducting the uh, the back end, like making uh, all these plays, uh, smart plays, and he's doing playing well offensively, not, not in terms of points, but just keeping things in rhythm. So if TJ Brody's on his game, and he's he's stepping up defensively like he always has all season. The Leafs are in good shape because at the end of the day, defense is what's going to get teams far in the playoffs. And the Leafs defense has not looked better on paper since the Matthews era started. Oh yeah, I agree. I was going to say TJ Brody or just the defense and you know, as a whole defense like uh, you know Morgan Rally as well. For exactly that, I mean, looking back at last like past playoff performances by the Leafs when they collapsed defensively which happened often so often in the playoffs um they crumble and they can't they couldn't you know they couldn't they always you know would leave Freddie to make a lot more saves than he need to um obviously there were some mistakes that you know you know where where only the defense's fault but defense has been the biggest factor for the Leafs in terms of improving as a team and TJ Brody came in and this season the defense has just looked so good I mean Justin Hall as well has played very well he's improved a lot um 
I think that's the biggest factor. I mean, I was going to say as well, Austin Matthews, of course, because Austin Matthews plays very well offensively against the Habs, and he has to bring it this these playoffs, like especially this first round. Um, I know there's been, you know, it's harder to, to score in the playoffs, but he's done it a lot this season against the Habs. He's done a lot over his career against the Habs, and especially Carey Price. So he needs to figure that out this series, uh, just like how he did during the regular season. I think the good thing about the Leafs is they can always rely on Matthews to provide to lead the offensive push. What I'm curious to see is how Mitch Marner does, because Mm -hmm. Mitch Marner for the last couple of playoffs has been kind of uh, quiet offensively. If the Leafs are are only going to get as far, at least Matthews is only going to do so well as to how well Mitch Marner does. And I think this is the time for Mitch Marner to really step up his game because I, we know that Mitch Marner can uh, be an X factor offensively and have play big games and uh, like dictate the pace of play. But I think if there's one thing that will make this Leafs team even better is if Mitch Marner is playing the best hockey of his life. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, we know that those two players are who everyone's going to be looking forward to, uh, see how they do these playoffs so we'll see how they do um i'll we'll wrap up the leafs talk with that i just want to briefly go over the other series that's happening in the north division oilers Mm -hmm. and jets i think it's a pretty good matchup there um oilers i mean carried by i mean it's a great they they seem like a very great team this season but obviously the big the big x factor is obviously Connor mcdavid who's put up a historical season this season um who do you have just quickly who do you think will who do you think will advance in that round okay so the regular season series dictates that the edmonton oilers are going to demolish the jets in the first round which is why i'm hesitant to pick a winner here because if there's one thing that this jets team uh, n- is known for is connor hellebuck and yes connor hellebuck has struggled mightily against the 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 oilers this season i don't know if he's even won a game against them but even if he has there, it's very, it's a very small number. So the fact of the matter is that the 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 Oilers are in the Jets' heads right now, and if there's one thing that could easily make people forget about all that is if the Jets uh come away with a big upset win, because everybody thinks that the Oilers and the Leafs are on a collision course for the second round, McDavid versus Matthews. But I don't know, man. This 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 Jets team, if Hellebuck is playing uh like like the goalie we've seen last year. And uh, some of their star players uh, step up their games. Like this could be a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're completely right. Like I feel like it's a toss up because I don't know. Um, like my heart's telling me that the Oilers will go on because also on paper that's what makes the most sense. But I don't know. I, I feel like it's we're gonna see some real good hockey come from the uh, Winnipeg Jets. But I'm gonna pick the Oilers. But maybe possibly six, seven games. I'm gonna say seven games. I think it goes seven. I definitely agree with you that the Jets are gonna make it interesting. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna try. I don't think that the Jets are gonna win the series either, just because I don't think they have as much talent to match the Oilers. And it's not because uh, the Oilers are are have great depth. It's just because when you have the two best scores in the NHL, like how do you like how do you stop that? And how do you, you if, if they're if they're on their game, which has almost rarely, which is has always been the case, there's rarely a night where McDavid or Jaisat learns scoring or getting points. Like, how do you stop that? Mm-hmm. I don't even know. 
Um, yeah, that's going to be a great series to watch. I think the North is full of just good hockey. These playoffs is going to be so uh, interesting. You're going to say annoying. <laughs> what do you mean? Interesting. Interesting. I don't know why. It's going to be really interesting. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just messing with you, man. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, I think that'll wrap up our hockey talk this week. Um, we'll bring more next week, hopefully a preview type episode, more in-depth analysis. So we'll see. Um, how about we jump into some basketball now? Oh boy, where do we even start with the Raptors? <laughs> so uh, the Raptors have the Toronto Raptors have unfortunately been eliminated. Uh, it's been a really rocky season for them. Obviously, displaced from Toronto and placed in Tampa Bay for the season. Uh, a lot of players left over the off season, but they stuck through it. Um, they had a, a a rocky start, but they started piecing it together. And near the end, they were looking like they can make a run to the play-in tournament, but they couldn't do it. Um, so what do you think? Like, Do you think that this team underachieved, or do you think this was kind of where we kind of predicted things to happen or, or predicted them to be with what happened in the offseason? My mind is telling me that they underachieved. But I think the real tell will be how next season plays out because I think on paper, this Raptors team is good enough to compete for a playoff spot every single year. The problem is that there was a lot that went wrong for the Raptors. Off the top, there was that bad losing streak. Then you had a bunch of players getting COVID. And then Mm -hmm. there was a, a hot streak. But then there was talks about Kyle Lowry getting traded. And then he doesn't get traded. And then all of a sudden, oh, we're resting guys, even though we still have a chance to make the play in round. So yeah, it was just it was just a strange season all around. I think by the end of it, it was kind of clear that tanking was the direction where this team was going, and it, it doesn't help that there's just so many ways that we could we could assess the season, and our how we would view it would change week by week. Like you, you saw how you were describing the 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 team from past podcasts. Like what I could say now, well, it's not not at all going to be the same from how I viewed the team uh, early on when the team was going through their initial rough patch. So, I think we'll 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 have a better answer what this what this season will be viewed as. I think it's definitely just a lost season, just a, a blip in the radar. And I think of it this way: remember the Spurs from the the ninety seven ninety eight season when they had that historically bad year? Then they 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 won the draft lottery and won championship the next season. Same thing with the Boston Celtics. Now, I'm not saying the Raptors are going to have that insane turnaround, but I think they have a, a good enough turnaround that they can at least make the playoffs again. And they're going to get some help in the draft wherever they end up. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we know the Raptors look to the draft lottery for the first time in a long time now. Um, but either way, I think even if they get, like, wherever they fall in the lottery, they get a lottery pick and we know that the Raptors are one of the best developmental teams, like teams in developing players. And they're one of the best teams in drafting, finding gems in the draft. So I'm not too worried about that. I think a a high draft pick, obviously the higher, the better, like number one would be nice for the Raptors, but I think they're going to get a good piece either way. And I think it'll take a couple of years to kind of get back into contention. Um, But like we've been saying all season, it's, it's, it's retooling more so than the than rebuilding we saw a lot of great stuff i mean uh gary trend jr i think is one of the biggest um bright spots on this team um picked up in the norman powell trade and he's already become like one of the go-to guys and he's very young 
um, he's definitely going to be part of the core for the next few years. And if that's a kind of a preview into what the Raptors core is going to look like, that's, you know, a high potential, a, a very uh, good core to look forward to. I will say this. I think this Raptors team is a lot closer than we think. Put it, let me put it to you this way. The, the one thing that this Raptors team is lacking is a legit number one option. They could potentially get that as soon as this this upcoming draft, uh, and potentially in the free agency. Like we have, we'd have to look at uh, who's available in free agency this summer and to get a better idea. But I know that uh, what was it? Kawhi Leonard's available. There, it would have been. Uh, I think was Giannis last year. Or was Gian, was Giannis supposed to be this Giannis year? Giannis was supposed to be this season, this year, this year. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. <it> still hurts. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, I know free agency is kind of very rarely in the plans for the Raptors because it is hard to draw. It has been hard to draw to uh, uh, players to the Raptors organization, um, which they shouldn't, they should, they should sign with the Raptors. I mean, it's a great city, Um, but yeah, I think the draft is the uh, most important thing. And yeah, just kind of a little retool. Um, We don't know what's going to happen to Kyle Lowry free agency coming up do you have any clue do you think he'll stay or what do you predict i mean i'd hope he stays but uh i think we have to be prepared for a possibility that he's this his time as a raptor is coming to mm-hmm. an end it's it's honestly the big thing about this there's actually going to be three things this summer one number one obviously the the draft lottery and uh what happens there uh number two masai ujiri's future and number three kyle lowry's future this is a very strange season. There's going to be so much uh, riding on uh, what direction this team goes because if Kyle Lowry and the Masai Ujiri stays, and I think that they they just need a, a to hopefully win the draft lottery and then potentially try and get some help in the in free agency, and they're right back and right back in business. But if one or even both of those guys are gone, then this Raptors team has to take a completely different direction, and I'm I'm not looking forward to. Uh, to that conversation if that's the case and like i was saying i believe this team can uh bounce back next season but if there's big changes up top then that completely changes everything oh yeah and we look to pascal siakam i think he closed out the season playing very solidly i think he's started to it's been an up and down year for him there's there were games where he looked like his old self um games where he's kind of had trouble and then like i said he closed out the season looking like his old self so i think we're gonna look towards him to be the leader for this uh raptors team moving forward and we don't know what the future is for kyle lowry um there is a good chance that he might you know go to another team i think that the market's gonna be very hot for him uh and it's gonna be very expensive for him which is which is good for him but it's gonna be very expensive for the raptors too so that's gonna be some decision making for Masai. But whatever happens, the Raptors, I think, are headed towards that retool, building up that young core, and we'll see what happens in the draft. Definitely going to be the big deciding factor because if the Raptors do win the draft lottery, Cade Cunningham is going to completely change the the outlook of this Raptors mm-hmm. team. I'm telling you right now, that's that answers your question of who's the Raptors' number one option. That's him. It would, it, he'd easily be that guy right off the bat. And you'd be going into a great culture with some amazing uh, pieces to that will complement him on, on his quest to become a, a legitimate star. But obviously, we don't know if that's going to happen. For all we know, the Raptors could try and do the uh, Boston Celtics approach of 
use your draft pick as leverage in a trade to get immediate help and then try and lure a prize of free agency, which is Kawhi Leonard. But again, I don't know if Kawhi is even going to leave L.A. He probably wants to stay uh, stay there. Yep. But again, that, that's, just, that's just a completely ridiculous scenario <laughs> that I do not see happening. But like I said, there's still some pretty good players in this draft, even if it's not Cade Cunningham. Yeah. As of right now, I believe the Raptors have the seventh highest odds in the draft lottery. Um, that could change within the next uh, few days, I believe. But uh, we'll see. We'll just have to see. I think that... How many, more... oh, uh, yeah, how many more I'll games? I'll just quickly say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think just a couple. Like, they're playing right now. As we speak, they're playing the Chicago Bulls, and they're currently losing to the to the Chicago Bulls. But they play tomorrow. They play the... Mavs and then the Pacers on Sunday as their final game. Wow, jeez, this this season's uh really. I, I I thought the season was over tonight. I was like, wow, Chicago Bulls. That's uh that's one way to end the season. But <laughs> jeez, <laughs> well, I'll say this. I think the only thing that uh, should be the focus the rest of the way is just maybe ending on a good note, like leave something to build off of for next season. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you do you have anything you want to say about the team going into next season? Uh, I I don't really want to talk about the the Raptors right now. I think we've exhausted it all enough. I yeah. what I want to focus <laughs> on is two things. Okay. One, the Knicks are in the playoffs and they're not going to play in the play-in round. But two, the Lakers are going to be in the play-in round. I mean, are are did the Lakers clinch like in the play-in round or did they still have a chance to make sixth? They have a sh- they have a chance to make it out, but right now it's uh, looking like ugh, they ha- things have to go perfectly for them for them to make it out of that. But even if they if they, if they did, they'd have placed the Clippers in the first round. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, I think. I mean, let's be real. I think the Lakers are, will find their way out of that round and 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 you know secure a playoff spot. Um, but I'm gonna. It's. I think the playing round is gonna be interesting to watch. I think it's gonna be so. I think they're gonna be playing so hard. And uh, it's it's going to be some really good basketball. Yeah, I I'm what I'm I'm curious to see how many of the teams that were in the original seventh and eighth spots initially end up making it past and up uh, go on to the playoffs because mm-hmm. there I think there may be one upset. Possibly, it's probably going to happen in the uh, Eastern Conference. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not so much like like wow, I did not see that coming. But like, no, oh, could. It was possible. As of right now, it's the Celtics, the Hornets, the Pacers, and the Wizards in the playing round. The Wizards have not clinched their playing round spot yet. Um, the, they're basically battling out with the Bulls for that final spot. Um, I don't know. Like I know it's gonna be really, it's gonna be a crazy uh, playing round. But obviously, like this, I think the Celtics and the Hornets deserve it. I mean, they played great all season. Um, but yeah, I think there could be an upset. Um, probably maybe for the hornets the very the young hornets that have a lot of potential so even if they lose i think it's there's a lot of promise for that team especially i will say it'd be quite hilarious if uh the wizards uh upset the celtics in the play-in round it would be that's crazy. all i'll say <laughs> all right um so now how about we hop into some basketball talk i mean baseball talk baseball talk and then we'll close out the episode yeah, so the Blue Jays are on a roll. Last yep. time we talked, they were kind of uh, mix, mixing like up and down, playing some 500 baseball, but things have started to turn a corner. They've uh, 
they found their new favorite opponent in the Atlanta Braves. That they've they've just completed a uh, six game season sweep. So that means uh, they're let's see what they are. They are third place in the AL East, and they're only a game back of the first place uh, Red Sox, who are starting to progress back to the means. And it's it's looking like things are trending towards what we expected the season to be, which was the Yankees were going to be the top team and the Blue Jays were right behind them for second place. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Uh, It's going to be a fun season. They've been picking it up, and I think they're finally settling in on, like, on what this team is. They're getting um, the chemistry is building, things like that. And, I mean, hey, even George Springer, you know, uh, he's out again, but he's going to come back, and I think this team has a lot of bright spots. I definitely agree with you there. Uh, getting healthy is going to be a big thing. And just think of it like the, the days are playing well without George Springer. Imagine how good they'd be with Springer uh, fully healthy and uh, like playing at the level we expect him to play. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a, it's a fun thought. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, So I guess we'll just do we'll keep this this conversation brief. Um. Who has impressed you during this recent stretch of games from a just player wise? So far? Yeah, or like since since we last talked about the Blue Jays, so it's been about a week and a bit. I mean, for me obviously uh both Bo and uh Vladdy. Uh it was expected, mm-hmm. but I think uh I think uh Hunjin Ryu has played very well lately as well and has been obviously he's the ace pitcher for the team but the team mm-hmm. obviously has to ride off your ace and he's been doing a great job yeah he had a pretty good start uh the other night set he went seven innings mm-hmm. uh got six strikeouts so he's he's starting to slowly get things back on track i think uh once he gets his rhythm going he's gonna be uh, one of the best pitchers in the the american league what i think has been actually and very encouraging is teoscar hernandez is starting to pick things up mm-hmm. He had a big game the other night, two home runs. Uh, today, he had a couple RBIs. I th- Honestly, people seem to somewhat underrate players like Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel, but I think that they're they're excellent complementary pieces, and I I, th- I think this is this is made for a great uh, dynamic with this team, and uh, if, if they can continue to roll, like I said, this this Blue Jays team could make some serious damage, and I, I, would, I like the idea. That the Jays could potentially steal the American League East from the from the Yankees, who everyone expects to win the division. But anyway, I don't know. It's just 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 fun time to be a Blue Jays fan right now. For sure, for sure. This season's gonna be very fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, speaking of some fun things to watch, we're still waiting on uh, <laughs> the President's Trophy, like we were talking about earlier, because it could be decided tonight. You'll probably know. Uh, what happened there by the time you listen to this podcast, but I got to say, I do you think Vegas is going to win a president's trophy in what their fourth <laughs> year of existence? I mean, they made the finals in their first year. So what's crazier win- winning the president's trophy or going to the Stanley cup finals. They've already come across like they could have won the cup, but even still they, they it's pretty crazy that they've, uh, they've already done the craziest thing that they can do. <laughs> President Trump yeah, no, you're, you're, line. yeah, you're definitely right there. Uh, the the Vegas Golden Knights can no longer be like anything they do is no longer a surprise. They, we they've just built a they've done really well at the start, and their first four years could not have gone any better. Oh yeah, 
for sure. Um, so we'll close out this episode with that. Um, we'll bring you guys more next week. And you could follow us on Twitter on our uh, podcast Twitter at Behind the Net Pod. You can also follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore. You can tweet or message us or give us feedback, any anything like that on there. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at the Leafs IMO. And uh, I know a lot of you are Leafs fans listening to this podcast. So don't you worry. Next week, we'll have a more in-depth analysis of the Leafs versus Habs in the first round and potentially someone to talk about it. Uh, we won't say what because uh, uh, we don't want to spoil a surprise, but uh, it'll definitely be worth your listen. So stay tuned for that. For sure, for sure. All right. And with that, have a good one. Take care, guys. Take care.